Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. to Neon Twilight on Nightlight with your host, Solaris Blue Raven. So glad you could join us tonight because it's going to be a fun one. You know, you all know Solaris, but, but just in case you don't know her, you, you have missed an amazing individual. She has a, a philosophy and a learning in her that is, it goes beyond textbook into spiritual and beyond. She has shows on KCOR and Freedom Slips. And, of course, Nightlight Radio. And she has a background that, that is really so impressive that you almost have to go to her website to find out about her. But she is kind enough to spend one, week, one night a month here on Nightlight and uh, talking with me about different topics and philosophies. And tonight's is going to be a, an, an awful lot of fun if you happen to be um, an animal person. So welcome to your show, Solaris. I'm excited about well, the topic tonight. Me too. Thank you, Barbara. Always wonderful to be here with you as you know, we have so many wonderful conversations. And yeah, I'm really excited to talk about the animals and their effects on, on the mankind. Well, you know, I've, I've, al- I've always said, well, not always, but, but of late I have said that that. People who have animals have another quality to their energetic field, and you know if 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 you can't have animals where you're living, then then you know if you just love animals, that's that's fine and wonderful. But there are pe- there are people who don't want to have the the bother, and and that's okay. But those people who are animal people have a different vibration to them. At least, at least half, that's how I perceive them. Mm-hmm. I think that's very true, and I, much of that is due to the electromagnetic field, probably the aura 
or the animals uh, almost connecting and merging with their their guardians. Well, and you know, I think personally that that originally all of the animals had to be domesticated and dogs were first probably, but but dogs and cats have been a part of of our culture for so long. I think most people forget that in ancient times they were worshipped. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. for instance, cats. The Chinese believe that cats, uh, one of cats' duties when they're on the earth plane, is to take heavy energy from the from the energetic fields of the people they're living with. Um, mm-hmm. The Egyptians um, mummified cats and. I think birds, too, didn't they? I think so. Cats mainly, wasn't it? Yeah, I, mainly I'm cats. I'm sure. I have to look at that. Um, and, very and in, the birds, too. Yeah, I think there were birds. I think there were ravens. Um, but, but I'm not I positive. I, I do remember seeing a tomb where there were just hundreds and hundreds of birds that, that have been mummified, but I can't remember which mm-hmm. tomb it was, so we'll let it go. But, but um, you know, in, and in, in India, the cow is holy. So, I mean, there, there are, the animals themselves have gone through a, a whole um, evolution of being worshipped to being just nice kitty, nice puppy, but but I think there's a, a stronger energetic in them that, that we're missing unless unless we take the time to look into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem very advanced insofar as their own celestial design work goes in there. Well, they seem to me very, very cosmic. But, you know, so many levels of who, what their capabilities are. You're right about the psychic protection, and, and I've heard that as well about the cats, you know, drawing and taking the energy from their guardian or whoever, um, mm-hmm. I think that's extremely important. And dogs do it too, I think, but not um, to the level the cats can, or at least they can't transmute it as well. It's just my opinion. But, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to but, see how much they take from us. Oh, yeah, and and, and dogs especially give you unconditional love. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there, is, there, there, there is nothing conditional about the love that a dog gives you. Cats, not so much, but um, right. but so that... I think that, that we are negating out a very important part of our energetic, energet, our energetic field that we surround ourselves with, and we don't give credit to the animals that are a part of our lives. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it floors me. I mean, it, it breaks my heart. Those ASPACA ads, every time they put them out there, I just I have to leave the room. Um, mm-hmm. I want to take in all of the animals that are, you know, that, that are shown there. It's, it's just, it's awful. Mm. And mm-hmm. when you think, and, and where, where was it? Thailand, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was Thailand. They have a lot of um, cats that are, that, that are all feral that live outside. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're told not to try to cuddle them, but they're there to keep down the uh, population of the rats and the mice. Mm-hmm. So, so, so they they have been, and in Egypt they were worshipped for sure. So, mm-hmm. so I think when we get pets of of any size or any kind, 
that there is there is a psychic energy connected to that animal that enhances your own psychic ability tremendously. Mhm. Mhm. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think some cats more than others, or some animals more than others. There are a lot of cats that are what I call circle cats, which means that anytime you're doing any alchemical or magical work or meditation or healing, they seem to be wanting to participate with that. And whether it's contributing energetically, which I think it is as well, but they, they do that and then also draw perhaps some things that are, you know, maybe dispel some of the things that are not necessarily positive. But I had a cat when I used to do healing work. He was a wonderful cat. His name was Darwin. But he used to jump on my clients when I would do healing work on them on the table, and they didn't mind. But he'd always just, as, every time I do a session, he wanted to be on the, on the table there. So he got to participate quite a bit. Oh, yeah, and, and you know, they, they transmute. Um, I used to do yeah. um, a, a meditation group every week, and I would watch, you know, I, as soon as I started to center everybody, um, my cats would walk in and they'd, they'd walk around the circle and they'd always pick someone to sit on. And it was usually a different person. <laughs> and, um, and they would sit there on the person's lap very quietly or next to them, whichever the person was most comfortable with. And it was, it was I, I found it kind of interesting. And then I realized they were picking out the people who had emotional problems at that point in time and needed help to to uh, mitigate it. And wow. they were dead on. They were dead mm-hmm. on. And um, that's amazing. One one woman they one woman one of the cats always went to this one woman, and I pulled her aside and I said, you know the cats, the cats go to you every single week. Are you going through something very very difficult? And she said, well, I have cancer. And mm. I said, okay, well, that'll explain it. <laughs> she said, but I'm mm-hmm. not telling anybody. And I said, well, you didn't tell the cats. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's amazing. And mm-hmm. dogs, too, um, can, can, they, they often have um, indicated to their owners who, who were pregnant that they were pregnant before the owner knew they were pregnant. So mm-hmm. there, there is... There is an attunement when you when you get a pet. It's not just you have something warm and fuzzy to play with. You are you are welcoming into your energetic field another level of spiritual awareness that is very mm-hmm. very important, and it, it should be That's treated, true. you know, really um, better than most. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 it, they aren't. How do you say it? They they are not intellectually beneath you at this at that particular level. Spiritually speaking, mm-hmm. they probably are more open than we are. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, they just use a different level of communication. But yeah, I think they're extremely advanced beings. I call them life forms and beings, and you know, there's some mm-hmm. kind of a soul spirit force in there, um, and I'm sure it's a cosmic force coming from the cosmos itself. So. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating thing when you start living with animals and they become such an integral part of your life, at least for me. I've always had animals. I've always had fur babies around, but I have a lot of fur babies now. And I, I don't, you know, they're just they're like, we're just like one one collective, I guess. <laughs> it's really oh, yeah. Funny, but. I mean, I, I have I have Poof and I have Pete. Poof is, has an attitude and Pete can't understand it and attacks her on a regular basis. So, um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Sooner or later, mm-hmm. we'll all blend together. We, they're only like six or seven years old. So I figure at sooner or later, you know, it's, it's going to even out. But, but when you think yeah. about how, how in temples they have been worshipped, and, I mean, cats and dogs, well, cats for sure. Dogs, I'm not so sure, but cows, monkeys, um, mm-hmm. all, all sorts of animals have taken on a spiritual, a spiritual significance to um, different religions and, and cults. And, I mean, mm-hmm. even there's the, the Christian cult that, that works with snakes. Not, not my favorite thought, but um, there is something about mm-hmm. if your energy is not afraid, then the animal is not afraid either. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, I can remember at one point we, we spent six weeks at a dude ranch, and I loved the horses. And they were, they were you can talk to them. Horses are amazingly intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. And, um, you know, you could call, you know, psychically, and, and the animal would come. Um, there's a, a friend of mine who has a rescue farm, and she works with um, autistic children. And the horses are able to communicate with the autistic child, and then she's able to communicate with the horse to know what the child is feeling and what the child needs. Um, oh, it, it's, wow. the mo- it's, the most, it's the most profound thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's That's just, fascinating. It's, it's, it's a matter of trust that, that they build, that they, they unconditionally give you. And when, that, when their trust exists, then, then communication is wide open and, and magic mm-hmm. can happen. And, and I, I think I kind of want to put it out there to anyone who has pets. I know they're always considered a part of your family, but you have to understand there's way more to them than just something fluffy that you play with mm-hmm. and empty mm-hmm. and empty the litter box for. It. And you know, it's it's just sort of like they they can add such great richness to your life. Um, I have found that that. Communicating with especially cats, um, dogs I, I haven't had as much luck with, but with the cats, if you if you do make that connection psychically with them, you can ask them to do things. And, and I think the big thing is cats don't talk English; they they talk in pictures. So if you want them mm-hmm. to do something, you send the picture to them, and they actually do it. I had two cats um, in Connecticut uh, when I had a house there. I had a screened porch off of it was split level. So there was a living room was upstairs and there was a deck and there was this, you know, sliding, sliding doors and the cats mm-hmm. could open it, but they never shut it. <laughs> and, and so I really worked with them on when I saw them going out, it was like seeing them shut the door and seeing them shut the door. And eventually they actually did it. So, wow. so that it was That's like impressive. Well, you you can make that connection. It's, mm-hmm. I it's, believe it. Yeah. I think that I didn't I didn't really get that for a very long time and then at one point one I at one point I had 12 cats and one of them wow. was not using the litter box and I couldn't figure out why. 
And so I I got desperate, and I went online and I found a pet psychic, and I filled out all the paperwork, and I and I got to the place where, you know, you can pay. And mm-hmm. I took a look at it, and I looked at the cat, and I said, I'm a psychic too. $250 just to find out why this is happening is a, is way too much. And I took her, and we and we sat down, and I I visualized her. Um, well, I said I said to her, "You have to close your eyes." And I peeked, and she wasn't. And I said, no, "Close your eyes." And I closed mine, and she closed hers. And I pictured her um, not going in the litter box, and me going, you know, being confused, not angry, but just confused, and. In about 10 minutes, I got a picture back from her of one of the other cats jumping her as she went into the litter box. Oh, and wow. all I had well, to do was, was all I had to do was give her a litter box in another place, and she was fine. Oh wow! Well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, especially and, if you had that many you know, cats. My goodness, yeah. Well, I I can't break up a litter. And right. So, oh, wow. That was a big litter then, wasn't it? Well, no, it, it, I already had a couple. And the reason oh, I, I had some, the reason I had so many was that my mother was, um, she was, she was oh. ill. She she had dementia and she was ill. And the doctor wanted to give her um, some, a mood, something for her mood because she was depressed. And I said, well, let me try something first before you go drugging her. And I went out and got two kittens. And the two kittens, you know, you can't have kittens and not laugh. You just can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's impossible. And so that worked for almost a year and a half. And then she slipped into the depression again. And the next time I was just going to get two more. And it was a litter of three. And, and the person who had it said, well, I'll just put the one you don't want down. And you know I couldn't do that, so I took all three. Mm-hmm. And then I, I can't then believe I they would have put the other one down. That's terrible. Oh, it it was awful. And they mm-hmm. had already put the mother down, and the mother hadn't finished nursing. So um, horrible. Oh jeez. I had to bottle feed them. So, oh. uh, but it was it was fun. But uh, mm-hmm. but but I you know, and, and eventually you know my mother. You know, I, I I couldn't get any more cats. Twelve was enough, and oh, no so she, <laughs> I did. Let them move out or get a bigger house. <laughs> oh my God! It was it was yeah. It took a while to kind of you know siphon it down a little bit, and then when I had my number down, then Patrick moved in and he brought three cats with him. So um, we were back we were back up there for a while, but but wow. I think. People have to understand that, that these these animals are so much more than um, than just playthings, and and it, it goes even for um, the wildlife outside your home. And mm-hmm. you know, if you are an animal lover, you will attract animals, and mm-hmm. it is so it, it it is so exciting to see just how many you can draw in. Um, I mean, I when I moved to Tennessee, um, of course I put bird feeders out, and then it was like, okay, I came from the woods in Connecticut, and I'd seen one deer, 
there's a whole herd of deer here, and they also they always seem to kind of cluster around where my where my condo is. And and then the other day, um, I I saw something sitting on my my deck, my patio, on its hind legs, just looking out around everything. And I stuck my head out and I kind of just said, "Are you okay?" And you know, it looked at me and it just stood there. So I went out, I sat. It was a, a groundhog. Oh, wow. And he kind of sat on the deck with me every day for a little while. <laughs> um, oh, that's cute. But but I think I think people have to, I, I would like to see, with, with the craziness that's going on today and people not being able to get along, I think... Mm-hmm appreciating the animals that they've got living with them is is something that maybe everybody needs to work on just a little bit because mm-hmm. there there are ways of communicating and it's not just training them to not go to the bathroom in the house um though that's important um especially with dogs but but you know it's kind of like actually tuning into their energy and and getting mm-hmm. to understand where they're coming from and what their purpose is because we don't randomly pick up animals they pick us up. Mhm. Yes, very true. So how do you how did you get yours? Mine, I the Humane Society. You know, it's just one of those things. And well, I had Lex. I had my senior dog, and then I, I really wasn't looking for another dog. I just happened to come across Orion, and he's such a beautiful boy. And I actually. I, I visited with him and I said, well, you're going to make somebody a really good home, you know, home, um, you know, good pet or whatever. And, and I just left for, and I came back a couple of days later and picked him up. <laughs> so and it's funny because I wasn't planning on, on having any more animals after Lex and yet, you know, these, these other ones showed up. So, but they were just there. It's just the energy. There was something about his energy in the picture I saw. And then when I met him, he's such a gentle soul. You could just feel the energy from him. He's a good boy. You heard a bark in the background, but there's no dog outside, but, yeah, it's just uh, it's real interesting how that is, but they do pick us. And you know, when I first met with um, my other dog Lex, who passed away, um, it was interesting because he was in a whole litter of puppies. I mean, there was eight or nine of them. I mean, huge. And he went like getting, just climbing over the rest of them to get to me. So I knew he was the one. You know, he just uh-huh. picked me, <laughs> and he turned out to be one of my most special dogs ever. So it's it's real interesting. They're very sweet. I think. Do you think there is a certain level of um, spiritual energy that, that somebody has that has animals that other people don't have? Oh, I think so. I think that the energetic is there, and, and whether we it's just from their natural spiritual path working that they do, there's just something there that, that radiates more energetics from the cosmic design. And I feel that the animals really do dial into that. They tune in, and they pick and choose who they want as well. So it's always a, a kind of a meshing of energies when you meet them. It's really interesting. But I've always had good luck with animals. They seem to resonate with me. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know, the energetics are always there with animals, the animal kingdom. Well, I, I sometimes have said I'd rather have animals than friends. Um, yeah, yeah. For it, family. It, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't mean that totally, but there's something about the trust and the affection that they give you that is so unconditional. And mm-hmm. you know they're not expecting anything other than food from you, 
and and, and it's just or trees, yeah, that too, or or with Poof who has long hair, um, mm. you know, brush me, she brush me, clump. I'm clumping, <laughs> I'm clumping, I'm clumping. That sounds like Merlin, my it, cat. He's the long hair too. Yeah. That's oh funny. my God. But but it's just I. The more I I look at it, the more I. The more I read about um, ancient Egypt, especially, um, realizing how how important the cats were, and mm-hmm. and I haven't found anything that tells me why they were, but but they were definitely in in the temples, and um, they they were absolutely uh, they they were mummified. They, there are tombs with just cats in them, and mm-hmm. and I'm wondering. What was what what was their purpose? Because there had to have been a spiritual purpose. Or I think is it wasn't there. I don't th- no. I don't think there is. I was. I thought for a minute there might have been a goddess that was a cat, but I don't think so. Oh, there is. Well, there's Bastet, Bastet, and she's the Bastet, goddess. Okay. Um, she's for, yeah, uh, and there's Sekhmet too. So you've got God, the goddess of protection, and I believe you know good health, family, and love. So that would make sense insofar as um, how they associated the cat energy with the goddess for that. And then working with whatever rituals they were doing, I'm sure the cats were participating just like they do, you know, with energy. That's very interesting. But, yeah, she's a beautiful one, um, best bet. So that must have been the one, of course, segment as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's all fertility and childbirth uh, for, for best bet. Well, yeah, and, you know, that would make sense because, um, you know, with childbirth, which is not too comfortable, um, you know, being able to, to go over those waves of, of, of discomfort. Um, and in nursing homes, they have cats. And the cats, um, at one nursing home, they said that the cat always predicted who was going to pass over next because she was always on their bed and they figured out that whoever was, you know, passing was cold, so they had an electric blanket, and that's what the cat was going for. But, mm. but I think there was there's another level there too. I think cats um, attune to what you need at, at any particular point in time. Pete, my <laughs> my boy, is he's a very large cat. I tell people he has big bones. Well, he does, but he is a big cat, and and. Mm-hmm. Every night when I settle down in bed, he gets up and he tucks me in. He needs me all along oh. my back, and he tucks me in, and then he goes off and does his own thing. But um, he waits for me to go to bed so he can tuck me in. Now, mm-hmm. that's, that's just so cool. It's not funny. Well, it's evolved. You know, there's something outside the perimeter of normal behavior, if you ask me. Or what is normal with cats, anyway? But, yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, no, they, they are. They are, and you know, it's it's um, it's the it, it's not just the domesticated ones, um, the wild ones as well. There was a a picture on, um, gosh, it, it wasn't on Facebook. It was on it was on the news. Uh, it was apparently a, a lion in Africa that was very very sick and went into a camp and laid down. By, by this one hunter who realized the cat was sick and he carried the cat on his back to, to a vet who could help the, the cat 
get better. Wow. Now, this was a wild animal. This was a wild mm-hmm. animal that, it, you know, this was not somebody that had been somebody's pet or anything like that. It needed help, and it knew how to get it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 have, you hear stories like that, and you think, well, these animals are just so magical. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I have found that if, if there's a meditation or something going on, they're almost always there. If I'm doing readings on, on, on the computer or, or if I'm doing a reading, you know, for someone who is on the phone, um, the cats are right there. They, they just, they soak up that, that level of energy that happens when you're, when you're channeling something for someone else. And they're amazing. So I, I, just, really I guess the, the message out there is, is, to everybody to pay a little more attention to the pets that you've got living with you because they can give you so much more than they're already giving you if you give them a chance. Mhm. Very much so. And mm-hmm. and of course and of course there is also the fact that, that there's a healing quality to their energy that is profound. Mm-hmm. So um I know when uh when my mother passed away, my sister you know, my son and daughter-in-law and my sister and her husband came to the house and um, my sister was just absolutely, she lost it all over the place. And one of the cats would always crawl on her chest and just hang there with her. And she, she said, Oh, you know, this is cool. And I said, well, they're trying to take the sadness out of you. And Hmm. now she, she loves cats too, but she poo-pooed me at first, and then it happened so often that she said, you know, I think that may be what's happening because I do feel better. And, you know, mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm really glad. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, if you have if you have those kind of experiences, and, and dogs and cats have, you know, become separated from their families and, and have crossed thousands of miles to be reunited with them. So mm-hmm. there yep. there is... There is a quality to our animals that we don't give them credit for. Oh, I think so, too. Yeah, a lot of spiritual bonding, what you're describing as well. They're, they're very powerful beings. I mean, they're just the energies that they radiate. You know, just like the spirit cats. I mean, they can be very, very powerful. And in my opinion, they see so much. When we know they see energetics. They see things beyond the realm of this, this field of energy. So a lot, not all of them, but I would suspect many, and I'm sure you've had that, too, where your, your cats have kind of looked and dialed into another portal or something where they're seeing something that you can't see and it's not an insect. I mean, there's things like that that go on all the time. And I do notice that people feel better energetically when there's a dog or a cat around. It just, well, you know, it lowers the blood pressure even on the linear scale. It does so many things on the health level. And then on the spiritual level, there's there's emotional healing. In my opinion, I think there's a level of emotional healing that takes place with animals and, and their guardians. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, the, um, I, I know, especially with with mine. You know, every now and then I'll see them looking in the air at something, and it's like I don't see it, but I know there's something there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they and watch the sometimes, skies. I mean, they know. Oh yeah. Well, and sometimes it is a bug, but but most time it's not. Mm-hmm. And and you know they will suddenly um, come to attention. 
and be looking at a certain part of the room, and it's like, okay, so we have a visitor, and that's that's cool, and everybody's welcome, so long as they're, you know, they've got they've got peace and love in their hearts, and you know, and then then they'll just go back to sleep. It's it's kind of like, okay, it's an okay person or spirit or soul mm-hmm. or whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're very they switched are, on. They are great indicators. I mean, and and I am more of a cat person than a dog person, um, mm-hmm. only because dogs have to be walked and they have to have exercise. And oh yeah, that's, you know that's beyond me at this point in time. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I don't blame you on that I got, one. I mean, like I said, I have no business doing. You know, I still have my dogs, but I'm young enough still in the illusion of aging, I guess, to to do all that stuff. But yeah, I'm not getting any more. <laughs> that's it. Well, I don't know. The itty bitty dogs are awful cute. Oh, they are. But, Those little teacup dogs, yeah. But but I have a feeling that that if I got a little bitty dog, my cats would not be happy. <laughs> no, they wouldn't want that. They don't want to share that. I doubt Every it. Every anyway. dog I've ever had has had a scar on its nose when it learned that cats rule. And mm-hmm. oh. Or the ear. Yeah, okay. you know, I had one cat that would actually, um, he, he used to bite at my other dog's ear. He didn't hurt, hurt him, but, yeah, that's one of my cats used to do that, put him in his place. Yeah, it's cat's rule. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but you know, those, those not maybe not a teacup because I would be afraid I'd step on it, but a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. but, you know, big enough to be known, but small enough to be picked up and carried would be kind of cool. But, um mm-hmm. I, you know, at this point, I've got two cats, and I don't. While well, well, I wouldn't mind having more, um, you know, it's just kind of I. I have to kind of pay attention to how old I am too, and um, want to make sure that my cats are taken care of. So mm-hmm. that, that's it. That's it. Yeah, for they now, outlive you know? us. I mean, I mean, I think they'd outlive anybody. I, honestly, I I think about that all the time with my cats. Like, oh, can't break them up because they're a pride. You know, there's three of them. So. Yeah. They're all, they're very bonded to each other. They're not related, but they certainly are bonded. Well, the only time I've seen my cats bonded is when there's trauma of some sort. Hmm. Then Pete will take care of Poof. Other than oh, that, well, she'll, that's good. Other than that, she'll just she'll she'll just she she screams and she curses like nothing I've ever heard. You know, there's the fur has <laughs> flown, but but. You know, so far blood has not been drawn, so I have a feeling it's oh, it's, it's all barking, no bite. Mm-hmm. But but I I really you know I I'm looking at so many people today have such there, there's so much depression going on, and it seems mm-hmm. to me you know it, it's it's a natural thing to bring a loving animal into an environment, but. But there are people that just don't want to be bothered, and and it's like mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, how could you turn yourself off from that? You know, it just um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's it, it floors me. It really does. But when you look at you know what's going on today energetically in the world, how do you how do you help people? How do you tell people? What are the suggestions you give to people who are going through these times that are so um gosh just so 
confusing and upsetting and mm-hmm. and you don't know who to listen to and you don't know what direction to go and so how do you what do you say to people who are looking for something to give them security stability and peace and mm-hmm. and not and not fork out a fortune right well, you know, I think it's just finding a positive outlet. It's, it's converting all the energetics that are nonproductive into something more positive or an outcome. And, and I do think that animals do make a huge difference in your lifestyle. If you live alone, you know, those are, they're very healing and, and there's a good, uh, there's a good energetic exchange between animals and people. But for, for regular people, this is, these are hard times. If you ask me, I, I think they're very challenging for a lot of people who haven't done any real spiritual work or path work. It's, it's just going to be very chaotic for them for a while until they figure out that their, their higher self over self superconscious needs to be more integrated into their daily routines. And I think when that happens, then you get all the blissful, more peaceful energetics, which allow you to be more compassionate around animals and even other people. So that's just my two cents on it. But in my opinion, I think that's what has to happen for these people. Otherwise they're just going down a black hole. Well, you know how they say when with people who are not cat people, the first thing you you tell them to to try to do is to is to keep a plant alive, and if they can keep mm-hmm. a plant alive, they might be able to keep an animal alive. Um, yeah, it's just I I just I look around and I see so much chaos and so much upset and so much confusion, and mm-hmm. where we used to be able to to sort of figure out who the bad guys were and the good guys, it's not, it's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's one shade of gray. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I see it. it. Yeah. It, and a lot it, of people it, aren't it, mentally it, stable enough to have animals either. That's another thing I factor in. I'd rather see people not have the animal if they weren't, they weren't mentally stable enough to have the animal or if they weren't financially uh-huh. secure enough to have the animal. I mean, there's lots, so many things that have to be factored in and, you know, I think those are things I see a lot of people who aren't educated that have animals that really don't know how to train them or, or work with them. And, you know, it's not like they're malicious. It's just that they're just not, not educated and, and the animal suffers the consequences for that. That's true. You know, a, a long time ago when, when I was much younger, um, <clears throat> at Easter time, you know, oftentimes ki- kids got little chicks or bunny rabbits. And mm. you know they they didn't last long, so mm-hmm. um, you know it's kind of you're absolutely right. You do want to make sure that mm-hmm. they go to a good home. And actually, a lot of the shelters today are very good about really screening the people that they're giving animals to, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's a that's a good thing. There was mm-hmm. there is um, there is a shelter up in Connecticut where. If you're a senior citizen, you can adopt a senior cat, and this particular shelter will pay for the vet bills for the cat, will pay for the litter and the food, and if you can no longer take care of the cat, they will take the cat back. But it, it nice. but you, you can't you can't get a kit kitten. You have to take a senior cat, a cat who. You know, mm-hmm. might not be, you know, kittens are always going to get adopted. But um, mm-hmm. the senior cats that are that are 10 and older, um, probably mm-hmm. not. Right. And yeah. I think that's a nice idea. Oh, it's a fabulous idea. And I think mm-hmm. when my two are gone in 10 years or so, I probably will look for some place like that because 
I would take a senior mm-hmm. cat in. I, I would, you know, not mm-hmm. not mind having a senior cat to be senior with me. Um, mm-hmm. But but you yeah, know, it's sort of true. like. But but you know, the kittens. You know, how do you turn down a kitten? I mean. Oh, I'm I'm a sucker for animals. I'm the wrong person to talk to. <laughs> and dogs, cats, animals. Yeah, I'm I'm just a sucker for animals. I can't go to the humane society. I'll adopt one. You know, it's just as simple as that. Oh yeah, no, not at all. And and actually, one of the people here um, has a 17 year old parrot, and I mean big parrot. Mm-hmm. And and when you go into the house, the parrot looks you up and down and goes. Here, kitty, 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 and when you when you look at the parrot and you say, "Here, kitty, kitty, kitty," it'll meow at you. Um, oh, that's too funny. It's 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 a great it's a great bird. Messy as hell, mm-hmm. but but yeah, they are. And they go they go seventy years. So um, really, wow! Oh, parrots be a legacy parrots, in that one. Parrots live long and prosper, and and. Mm-hmm. This one, you know, he just he'll he'll say, "Where's Carol?" Because Carol is, I think, the other daughter of the lady who owns it, and she'll say, <laughs> "Carol's not here now." And then the bird will say, "Where's Bob?" And you know, Bob's not here either. And the bird comes back with, "What about Bob?" <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. She has oh, lovely conversations with the bird, but again, another. Yeah. You know, it, it's there's something magical about animals that that I mm-hmm. don't think many yeah. people give them credit for. They are they are truly um, more than they seem. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, they're so and, very smart. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like you know, it it broke my heart when they sent a dog into space. Um, oh. And they sent a monkey. That was too, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that either. Yeah. No. Well, they experiment on animals all the time, which I'm still, you know, I'm not, I, I'm totally against all that. Uh, they shouldn't be doing anything like that with the animals at all. Oh, I that. And I know that some countries eat animals. They eat dogs. There's a dog market. There's a meat market for animals. I mean, it's disgusting. You know, I, I think China is a prime example of, of uh, meat markets for, this is, um, you know, you know, Team Marie over at KCR, but she's, Adopted, yeah. She adopted a dog who was going to be basically used for food in China. There are people that rescue these dogs and take them out of the country. And she managed oh, to get wow. one. And, and it's just heartbreaking because they're beautiful. They're golden retrievers. And they're gorgeous. I mean, why would anybody want to do that? They're, the thing is, these, they're not like they don't feel. They don't have emotional bodies. So they, they don't understand. They understand quite well. And, and this is the most inhumane thing when you think about how rude and disgusting people can be. Like, I can't even fathom that kind of behavior. I really can't. It doesn't even occur to me to behave that way. And you have to ask what happens in the psyche when people switch into that program and they think that animals don't feel or they don't care or it's okay. It's oh, disgusting, honestly. No, definitely. What my, that's China, huh? Well, because yeah. when during World War II, my dad was in the FBI and, um, they made a raid on a Japanese couple, their their home, and they went through stuff and, you know, they found a paper that had all sorts of um, um, seals on it and 
ribbons, and it looked like a very important document. And they they confronted with the um, with the Japanese people. You know what is this? What is this? What does this say? Mm-hmm. And 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 the woman looked at my father and said, "That's the cat license," and apparently <laughs> that's what it was. So you know the raid mm-hmm. came up with nothing, but but it was kind of like they treasure them. Um, mm-hmm. They don't eat them, but but it, yeah, in many societies they do. Heck. You know, when when that ancestor of mine was trying to discover the the North Pole, they had sled dogs and they had to eat the sled dogs because they were starving. Mm. And, That's terrible. And, yeah. Yeah. No, the the last sled dog was his favorite, and its name was Snoozer. And um, oh, jeez, I wouldn't he, do it. You know, I'd rather be. I'd rather just expire. I'm just. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. No, I don't. I don't think he That's was able me. to eat eat it either but you know if if it's a matter of life or death and you know um there there are times when when that does happen but but happily not often but i i can't believe that they would be you know a, a part of of experimentation of drugs and and stuff like that i just it mm-hmm. just it sickens me to think that mm-hmm. animals would be used and the that way that do it. So I can't figure out what what the hell's wrong with people that think it's okay to do that to an animal. How do you live with yourself? Honestly, I don't get it. It's like those beagles that were tortured. I mean, they had all kinds of horrible things they were doing experiment wise, and it's just so it's just so not evolved. You know, when you think about it, it's unnecessary. It really is. They don't need to be used that way. Well, you even know, once you realize how deep they are. Yeah, I mean, they're all living beings. They're life forms. They're intelligent. It's just, yeah. Well, look at the dolphins. Look how they were trained in the military, you know, to be more weaponized. Oh, with the, uh, yeah, with with the uh, bombs on their backs, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, it, it's just it, like, it, you know, everything. It, you know, it, it's, it does make you wonder when our government, when the first thing they do is how can I weaponize something? That That's, that's a little mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, and, it's a bad and, seed, if you ask me. It's a bad seed behavior. Well, I mean, there has to be a better way of testing this stuff. I, I, mm-hmm. and with all the all the um, animals that they use for cosmetics, happily, that has slowed down some. I think. Mm-hmm. But but it it, yeah. it does it does it does kind of you know wrench your gut a little bit. It's kind of like the you know it, it, I mean Planet of the Apes in a way. You know, should have taught people something. I know people thought, you know, it's science fiction, big deal. But the reality is, you know, they have the capacity to evolve. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all and life that, absolutely. So, so that, you know, while they thought it was science fiction, it, it, you know, I, I don't see them taking over the world quite yet. But, but they, you know, it, it's. And you don't know what aliens are going to look like either. I mean, you know, you've done more work with aliens than I have, actually. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, do you know, we're descendants of the visitors, according to where I've been. So, you know, we're, yeah. we are we are them, and they are us, and they look a lot like us insofar as our biosuit goes. And and if you ask me, uh, our biosuit's origins is initiated from off planet. So, you know, even if you want to believe it's from here and indigenous to this this world, it's not. The construct itself was from off planet. People will never believe it. That's okay, but it's in my book. 
Well, no, that that's very true. When you look at the fact that, you know, we have such trouble with, you know, the extreme temperatures and stuff like that, mm-hmm. obviously. We obvious. No, I, I mean, it, it's it's kind of, um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm reading a book now about, um, it, it's actually, it's from material from uh, Blalick. Was, he was, he was, he was Yeah. Was, was he a survivor? Oh, I love Albulik. Was he a survivor of the Philadelphia experiment? Yeah, he was. Yeah, supposedly he had been involved in that. Okay, he was an interesting so fellow. Th- he was when he was here. This, this book is um, a lot of his material that, that he had put together, and it dealt with the um, the age of the Great Pyramid. Oh, nice. And and um, and the and when we actually did set foot on this planet and I, I'm, I'm just a little bit into it, but it's, it's really fascinating because it talks about the fact that the great pyramid is much older than we think. And that, mm-hmm. that, um, it predates Adam and, and, and when the great pyramid was built, there was no Egypt and there was no Egyptians. You know, it, it was it was the land of Nod, according to um, the the Bible. So mm-hmm. the Great Pyramid, you know, predates Adam and Eve, and if that's the case, then then it's the book is going into who actually built it because you know they 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 go into all of the intricacies of the the, the weight of the stones, the ability to cut the stones, and. And people at that time frame just did not have the ability to do any of that, and especially mm-hmm. not the Egyptians. So, so that pyramid well, was and there. And they the territory too. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so when that the pyramid was was built there, where it was, it was built in the in the center of the landmass of the world. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there there was no Egypt. And and it was thousands of years before the Egyptians, you know, came in. So I I don't know if he's talking about Atlantis or Atlanteans building it. Or, um, um, you know, when I when I read further, I'll fill you all in. But um, he, what's the name of the book, Barbara? What's the name of oh. the book? <laughs> now I want to know. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see. Do I have the thing you can, here? You can text it to me if you don't have it in front of you. Just just send it to me. I'm curious. It's it's really um, here it be. It's called um, Mysteries of the Pyramid. Okay. Um, but it's from Al, Al Stuff, and it's. Um, I have to admit, I I prefer my books to um, be on Kindle, so I can you know, read them more easily. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. book is not, but happily I have a magnifying glass that will, uh, you know, magnify a whole page. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, yeah, no, it really is. So that's what I'm plowing through this book with. And I have to tell you, um, it snagged me immediately when it goes into, um, it goes into all sorts of different different aspects of telling you know when we came here and how we came here and um so it's it's 
it looks like it's a it's a good read. Mhm. Oh, it sounds excellent. Yeah, it makes sense to me. And you know, I was mentioned how they seek territories because a lot of these areas, these civilizations, it's not them. They they just happen to come across it. Once again, you know, yeah. I say they're the ones that did it, and we're we're the builders of this. And it's like you know, they hijack territories all the time. This is still going on. Ley lines get hijacked. Uh, sacred sites get hijacked. Power spots get hijacked. It's, it's amazing. Oh yeah, and and what what gets gets me is that that you know they they start to um, they 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 weave a story around it so that they convince you that a certain culture actually did um, did build it and and you know the stories mm-hmm. of of how the Egyptians built the pyramids with copper tools and everything. I mean, it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. And 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 yet that's in the history books. That's what they're that's what they're they're telling. That's the story. His and that's story, her story. Going. That's what it stands for. History, his story. It's very interesting how they do that. Well, it's always rewritten. Think about how much they're sanitizing even now. You know, I mean, a prime example would be something like Google, right? Search engine. It, it gives you what it wants you to see and hear. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth in it. And if you put the truth out, it will dispute that and call it disinformation. So you see how these algorithms and programs work, and that's just one thing. But this has been going on for a long time. Unfortunate. Well, and, and you know, you stop and think about it. I mean, look at all of the different stories about what the great, what the Pyramid of Giza was. It was a power center. It was a tomb. It was, you know, on and on and on. And and mm-hmm. nothing really resonates. But you know, when I saw Al Bedelik's name, I thought, oh wait a minute, this may be. Um, it was it was um, a gal who who runs a pyramid conference every year in Chicago, and she keeps trying to talk me into coming, and I keep saying, yeah, not this year, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't do it this year, and and I've 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 not done it for like ten years. And, and you know, don't plan on it, actually. You know, it's just uh, mm-hmm. I've done conventions and I don't like them. So, mm-hmm. um, but, no, this book looks really, really good. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it's... it's uh, I'll have to take a those, peek at that one for sure. Yeah, it, it be, because when it goes into... Not only who who built the pyramids, but the root race, the races, you know, and where we came from, and when humans first came onto the Earth plane, and and the fact that um, when when Adam and Eve were created, Adam and Eve were not the first people, but they were the first people that were put in the garden, because there were people mm-hmm. here. Because when they were expelled, um, and Cain was expelled, he he went to the local town and he married somebody and then he you know created his own city so um there were people here mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's kind of it intrigued me and and so i will i will happily read this book and of course he's not around anymore so i can't interview him so this is a this is a for pleasure book oh it would have been nice to talk to him and interview him Oh yeah, I mean, was was he involved in the in the Montauk stuff too? Yeah, he was. Uh, I I knew him indirectly. I didn't. I didn't. I never met him, but I knew somebody who was um, connected to him. But I have uh, I've talked with Preston Nichols. Of course, he isn't around anymore. 
and a few others. Stuart Swerdlow is another one that's very interesting to interview if you ever get your hands on him. He's, he kind of doesn't do very many interviews anymore, but he's fabulous when you do get him. So those are people I recommend if you can interview them. Well, yeah, I mean, there there are, well, and Andrew Collins, um, the one that I just yeah. did interview, he was, mm-hmm. I mean, his story about Sobek Nefru, uh, the first female prophet, was fascinating. And mm-hmm. now I, I, I love ancient Egypt. I, I have been into it since I was in the fourth or fifth grade, and, and I made a replica of King Tut's tomb. And, nice. and you know, Ever since then, you know, I have I have been fascinated with the whole the whole culture and everything. And I was not um, I was oh yeah, thanks Pharaoh, not prophet. It's nice to have Mark around to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Um, so so you know. Um, with with um, Andrew Cullen's book, I, I wasn't aware of all the little kind of city states there were at that time, and and mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of of Sobanek, the this this the female pharaoh. Um, I wasn't familiar with her story at all, and yet um, um, stories have been written about her. Brad Stoker wrote about her. Um, I, mm-hmm. One of his fictional books is about her, and so so it's sort of like the cool thing about doing what we do is that you know you always have something else to learn, and mm-hmm. you know it, it just it tickles me pink to be able to you know clomp onto material that I hadn't heard before and incorporate it into my own philosophy what fits and what doesn't. And you know, it kind of expands your own awareness and understanding of of what history has been, and how exciting it is, and how painful it is that history is not taught appropriately. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, I know. When you, I, I mean, history is magic, um, and and I don't understand why 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 the history books for school. First of all, are, are so wrong, but mm-hmm. it, they teach it as such a dry subject that people can't get excited about it. And you know, when when Lewis and Clark went out to discover a pathway to the Pacific, they were told to look for um, Indians that 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 had Irish descent and or spoke Gaelic or whatever, and they were to to they had a, a special code that they were sent to send back to I think it was um Jefferson I think Jefferson mm. and mm-hmm. and um because apparently when we bought the country from England England may not have been the the first people here and that would have been the Irish and they wouldn't have had the right to sell us the country so they were uh, Jefferson was was very concerned with finding if there were any um, Christians among the Indians, because if there were, that would mean that that we bought the country from the wrong person. Hmm. So that's interesting. It is, and and 
you know, there's there was a diary that that um, that one one of them I don't know if it was Lewis or Clark, but one of them was bringing it back to give to Jefferson, and he was killed. He he committed suicide by shooting himself in the head three times. You tell hmm. me how he did that. Yeah, and it it was it was a suicide. Hmm. <laughs> Forced suicide. But, but there's so much. So many really great stories historically connected to this country mm-hmm. that that nobody has ever taught. And, it's a real mystery. Well, and, and kids don't care anymore. No, they don't. They're stuck on their iPhones right now. A lot of them. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's it's, a shame. It, it's it's very frightening because I mean I have such fun. Finding you know new new stuff out, and it it's almost as though they don't care they're they're so um intrigued by and captured by and and hypnotized by the cell phones that, mm-hmm. that yeah it it's it's really scary and it's now the I have to admit, all over I, again <laughs> oh yeah, but you know it, it I have to admit that I'm a little bit like that because. When when I had lost power and I no longer had the internet, it was almost like, oh my gosh, I don't have the internet. You know, I had books to read; that was fine. But I had lost my communication with the world, and that was mm-hmm. frightening. Mm-hmm. So I I think that there is going to be um, some sort of clampdown on the Internet in the next 10 years. Oh, I think it would be before that, but yeah. Well, I was I was kind of giving myself a safety net there. And I, mm-hmm. I also think that we are going to have an, is it EMP or EVP? I think that there's going to oh, be. Oh, EMP. Yeah. yeah, I think there's going to be an attack on our country. Um, mm-hmm. That has to do with with the, with the computers, no bombs, but but um, total disruption as far as communication goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I have to admit, you know, I rely on the internet and and telephones just just about the same as everybody else does. Um, Jeannie, um, she lost her phone got stolen. And her mm. husband gave her a, got her a, a, a burner phone, actually, and she dropped it in the toilet by accident. So I lost communication <laughs> with her for, for about a week. And it was so mm. strange because I talked to her every day. And it was like, mm. oh, wait a minute, there's an empty space here. There's, there's, um, so, so that if you take our... If you take our communication away from us, we become a very disoriented uh, population, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to go back to the old ways of communicating, if that's the case. I'm sure there's always a backup system, but, but nonetheless, I mean, we never had the Internet, and we were able to have more of that streaming consciousness, telepathic communication naturally, you know, knowing oh, things sure. before they happen. Thing. I mean, that's just uh, the way we stream consciousness. So it's, it can reestablish itself. There's no doubt about that. But it's true. People's brainwaves have been entrained now. They're kind of reconstructed and reprogrammed. So it is a little bit more difficult and more challenging, especially for the children, 
I think they would probably lose it, quite honestly, without their toys. And I mean, I like well, having the convenience of, of internet and this, that, and the other, but, you know. Well, it's it's sort of like um, you you can learn a lot of stuff, but how do you share it? Um, right. It, it it's it's. I think that's one of the things that that I love about the internet is that we can get on on a call like this, and we can talk about antiquity, and we can talk about philosophy, and we can talk about all sorts of things, and people can not only listen in while we're doing it, but more likely than not, um, archive it. And listen to it at, at their leisure, and and learn mm-hmm. something, and they can pick something right. up. And if you and I throw a book title or something around, they can pick the book up and check it out too. So that so that we have not only the communication between you and I, but anybody who listens, anybody who picks up any of you know the the trivia that we put out there, and and you know we 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 put out a tremendous amount of information from time to time mm-hmm. and and it just it's it's a wonderful way of sharing uh, things that we get excited about and and um, mm-hmm. you know there was a book not too long ago called uh, oh gosh it had something to do it was the um, the the void in the, in the Giza in, in the pyramid of Giza the, the the pyramid void or whatever and the author was sure that he knew how it was created and what was stored in it, and and there is a there is a chamber a void that has no um, that has no uh, way of getting into it, and so you know you kind of wondered what was it used for, what was it for, and I think they have recently mm-hmm. put a camera into it and found that it was empty, mm-hmm. which is very sad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. but but so so what was it for? So um, again, uh, one of those things of, of the Great Pyramid. There's there's no writings that talks about the building of it. So mm-hmm. and and when they say it, it was for Kofu, no, it wasn't. And 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 so who was it for? What was it for? You know, I may when I finish this book know what it was for. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's apparently they talk about an excavation someplace where um, they found a a sandalwood box in in almost a, a like a concrete chamber, and they kind of threw it aside and they didn't pay any attention to it. And when somebody did pick it up and and look at what was inside, it was it was all of this paperwork, this this um, chronicling. Of of where under the pyramid or or under the sinks was a chamber, and so I haven't gotten there yet. But you know, I I, I will let you know when I do. Um, mm-hmm. But it it's sort of like uh, this material is is cr- quite profound. Now, how accurate it is I don't know. I know that um, antiquities in Egypt won't let them dig beneath the Sphinx or the Great Pyramid for fear of destabilizing it. Um, and I can understand that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. there are there is there is a door under the Sphinx, one of the paws it, it, there there was a doorway or a chamber and I don't know if they if they went into that or, or checked out what was there or not, but 
but I, I think there is something there, but I don't think it's the Hall of Records that everybody is yelling about. Because mm-hmm. I don't believe the I I don't I don't know. What do you think about the Hall of Records? I I am I don't think it's a new mm-hmm. pyramid. Well, to me, it's always been in the field, the ether. Beyond the ether field is what we access. You know, when we're reading the Halls of Amente, for example, the Emerald Tablets, and we're looking uh-huh. at information, but it's, to me, it feels like it's in between the fields of energy. So it's a construct of energy and fractals of data where you can access them through different multiple, multidimensional states of consciousness. And that's how we acquire our field of energy, our information packets. So that's just the way I see it. You know, insofar as a physical arc type thing, I don't know what exactly they're expecting, but... In my opinion, I find it to be very, um, all of the technology associated with that pyramid initially should be in a different space-time configuration. End of story. Even if we had craft or anything exotic, it would be in a different space-time. Even if it was holding a pattern in between the realms between here and there, in my opinion, I think that's what's going on. I I think you're right. I think that, that, I think a great deal of that information comes into our physical body when spirit enters it and it brings with it mm-hmm. parts of um, a spiritual DNA with part of the hall of records where, where it, um, the, that have to do with that particular spirit and that particular spirit's evolution, not necessarily for, for, you know, countries or the planet or anything like that. So that, I, I believe that the Hall of Records is, isn't really a hall, and 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 I don't believe that we're going to discover any Hall of Records physically on this plane. But I do believe that there mm-hmm. is a Hall of Records um, etherically, and and we can mm-hmm. tap into it, and we and we can you know through meditation and whatever we can um, get into it and leaf through. Well, I don't know that we sit there and leaf through, but you know, we we can check out and we can look into history mm-hmm. and and it's it's just sort of I think what what bothers me so greatly is history is is so fraught with stupidity that that mm-hmm. it 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 it's written by by you know the ones who won the war or whatever. And and mm-hmm. we don't really get the true story of, of what anything comes from. I do believe that there was an Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And 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 this um, the book that Collins, um, you know, wrote. No, no. Let me. No, Grant Phillips um, wrote a book called Doggerland, and. Um, mm-hmm. He he goes back in time, and he basically is saying that that uh, five thousand years ago, the sea levels were easily four hundred feet lower. So that so that there there definitely are civilizations that are underwater that could probably fill in some of the missing links to our understanding of cultures and everything, but. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as as it is now, the the, the uh, levels of the ocean are are rising. So it's not going to be unless you're in a submers- submersible. And then then the lady that wrote the uh, the book on the petroglyphs of Mu, she was going to write mm-hmm. a book on Nan Madao, and 
off of the shore of Nan Madal is where Lemuria supposedly is sunk. And um, so she's having, I think she's having trouble with publication, actually, because you know, she's, she's scheduled to come on the show as soon as her book is published. Oh, nice. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like there, there is so much actual history that we aren't seeing. And we just, you know, mm-hmm. people have filled the blanks with, well, maybe this happened or maybe that happened, and let's, you know, let's sell it this way because that way it fills in the gaps and doesn't leave any questions. And, and unfortunately, you know, the people that are filling in the gaps, first of all, have no imagination, and second of all, are, are filling it in only to their benefit. So, yep. so it, you know, it's kind of like you just really wish you could find the truth and, you know, then you have wonderful mm-hmm. books like The Shining Ones that talks about interdimensional people that came to Earth to cultivate it and and to make it, um, to, to get it ready for their culture to come and live here. And, and I don't know if, I read the book. I, I it, it never got to the point in time where, where they did start to actually live here. They they did interbreed, and that's where that's where we came from, with the, this the interbreeding of these shining ones with the human population that was already here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, at least according uh, at least according to that author, that that would be the O'Briens. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So you know, there's so many wonderful philosophies out there, and they all probably have a piece of absolute truth to them. Mhm. And, and yeah. you know, thinking outside the box. Yep. And 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 so you have to read all these books, and you pick a grain up here and a grain up there, and you know, and and then even if you think you have it all figured out, then you pass away, and then you know you didn't have it right. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it, it, it will be certainly when, when I do crossover and I find out the real story, um, I'm going to be ticked off that I hadn't figured it out probably. <laughs> yeah, send digital postcards, you know. It is such a disservice to me. It's just a waste of time not to have the real data versus all the obfuscations. To me, I just don't, I never, to the life of me, I'll never understand that. There's no justification for it. There really isn't. On any level. Well, I think, you know, I mean, the past is fascinating, and I love it. But it's it's more like the future. Um, this mm-hmm. this book on the pyramid by Blalick, um, it, it, it tells all, of, theoretically, it fills you in, it fills in all the spaces up until the um, Holocaust time where everything is destroyed at the end of um, this century, I think, is when it's predicted. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm not going to be around to the end of this century anyhow, so I'm not really too worried, but but I could be back mm. by that time. You know, and I think if I if I had any any power to do anything, I would love to be able to take the knowledge that I've gathered each lifetime, and, and remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the point and in having it if you're not going to be able to access it? Well, you experience you know, it, remember. you learn the lesson, 
yeah, and you move on. But but it seems to me that that I mean, I, I from time to time when I've been in places, I know I've been there before. I I can remember visiting Jeannie and, and um, going into a barn there where where the woman kept her horses, and I I I. I I suddenly I couldn't breathe and I said I have to get out of here this this place there was a big fire here and I can't breathe hmm. and and it turns wow. out that the barn had burned down so mm-hmm. so and 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 you know you have you have moments when you do know something from the past or you see something from the past but they're so fleeting you know you can't really put it together as as a puzzle and say aha that's what their time frame mm-hmm. was from, you know. From, I mean, I I would love to 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 be able to really get some accurate information about things like Atlantis and Lemuria and um, when we actually did set foot upon the planet, because mm-hmm. and and where we came from. Now, you 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 know where we came from, theoretically. Well, I do. I go by our off-world intelligence systems, and yeah, uh, our composition, yeah, for certain, is off-planet. So with that, you know, the DNA sequencing, everything we're about is, is um, where this isn't home. So I think the biggest thing for me is to get, get us to that level of traversing the galactic highway and going to where we came from. It wasn't like we were, had a destroyed world or something and we had to go here. You know, we, we, have, um, we are part of that cosmic neighborhood, and we need to be there, in my opinion. And it's funny because I was just talking to um, Nishna last night on, on another show, Cyberwitch Cafe, but she was talking about this whole thing with Congress and them testifying about UFOs, and I, didn't, I did not listen to it. And I don't know if you did or not, but she was mentioning that the guy was talking about um, how they're, they're aggressive and they're considered um, the enemy and they, you know, they're non-human intelligence. They're basically painting it up to be the enemy, that off-world species is the enemy, and we, we are descendants of the visitors, which means we're the enemy. And I was like, this is insanity in motion. Whoever's coming up with these storyboards over there really needs to knock it off because this is about our galactic heritage. And it's it's really infuriating to me. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if you listened to that or not. Did you get to listen to any of it? No. Are are you talking about Is that UAP or they call it UAP? no, it's that whole thing in Congress where he was. Um, they were doing a testi- testimony I did, pertaining to extraterrestrial. And he said there was a biological okay. whatever. Yeah, wouldn't say there was a person. Said there was a biological entity there. Which, which. Well, that could be a lot know. of things. Well, and I don't think he knew what he was talking about. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna profile it. I'm gonna do an assessment on it, and I've been trying not to because it makes me very angry. Because whenever I hear them talking about things where, you know, the aggressors are the off-world species, I get very upset because that's not the case. And if they appear, if that's even, you know, if they're thinking that's the case, uh, then they're obviously, they're, they're being aggressive. They're initiating attacks. You know, it's as simple as that. You know, you passively harass somebody long enough, they're going to counter. It's as simple as that. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, the, the more I learn, the more I experience, the more I, you know, yeah, the UFOs have been out there forever, but I think they were here first. And well, yeah, you that's know, what I mean. Yeah, so so go ahead. so so we are the invaders. That's correct. Yes, 
Very much so. And I don't consider us invaders. I mean, we're descendants of the visitors, however you want to formulate it. But in my opinion, this whole matrix was a lie and that we need to go home. This is this is whole idea behind taking it all down and exposing it for what it really is. But we've got people, controllers right now, who are literally creating storyboards and storyboards and lies about what we are, our heritage, our history, and then creating all these, these other scenarios connected to how aggressive uh, extraterrestrials are and how, how much of a threat they are. And, you know, it's all propaganda. So, well, you know, to me, it's you kind know, of like, if, you know what, I'm, t- I'm kind of tired of this. Go ahead. If, if the extraterrestrials were, um, were, were in any way, shape, or form aggressive, they would have wiped us out and terraformed the planet, you know, thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been, a good point you make been, right there. I mean, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, the, it, it's, we are in many ways a virus on the planet. Mm-hmm. And they have, done, they have done nothing to stop us. You know, they've tried to actually coexist with us. And and I you know there there are they have our our our, our government has made us feel like we have to um, we have to defend ourselves from these aliens and you know you know there's pro there there probably are bad aliens and good aliens like there are bad humans and good humans but for the most part it seems to me that that. That what we've seen are shuttles of some sort that that are in the in the atmosphere, the the especially the um, the balls of light and things like that. Um, I I just it, it it boggles my mind to think that they have if there, if there was a bad bone in their bodies, whatever their bodies are, that they would have you know just wiped us out and and taken their planet back. But they didn't. They're sharing it. And it, it wasn't until we started doing really the nuclear um, explosions that, that that they got upset. Even <clears throat> even mm-hmm. with um, Admiral Berg and going down into um, into Middle Earth, what they were worried about was the uh, <coughs> excuse me the nuclear explosions. Mm-hmm. Not wanting not wanting the atmosphere to be destroyed. So. Um, no, no, I, I, I don't, th- I don't think we belong here either. Though I'm very comfortable. No, and we're actually moving um, in. Yeah, and if, you know, if you read my books, and I know you looked at them, the um, we're moving into a different space and configuration. That's going to change the whole formula of the atmosphere anyway. So, you know, if they're worried about puncturing, you know, a hole in, in the configuration or the space time, it's it's already getting done in a sense. And you know, I, I still think it's a propaganda board. I think they're they've literally created the storyboard to create the psyop of how aggressive the extraterrestrial design is just to play it out, but it, it's completely false. And then of course, I, I've always said, you know, we have weapon systems that have been much, far more nefarious when it comes down to directed energy weapons and electronic warfare and brain hacking, remote brain hacking and entrainment programs, which is beyond MK ultra. I mean, that they don't talk about that. They never mention a word about any of that, but that's the culprit behind everything. And if we were to get all that exposed and get the people behind it, which are literally two legged here on this rock, this earth, uh-huh. um, then we would literally have everything in order in a sense. And that's really what needs to happen. That's the true disclosure. That's what I've been talking about for I don't know how long, but that's what really needs to happen instead of playing the boogeyman with all this other stuff, you know? It's just, and they throw red flag after red flag at us to kind of distract us from what's really going on. 
Yeah, and that's what that was. That whole thing was just a circus act. And once again, a derailment, controlling the narrative, but also avoiding the truth and what's really happening here. And what they're, they're doing nefarious things with electronic warfare and psychotronic weapons. And I can tell you, they can interconnect the target remotely. They can control and manipulate the brainwave activity. They can install radio transmissions to communicate. And they can pretend to be synthetic telepathy. Or, or they might think it's a spirit, a ghost, an ancestor, or something else. Or even possession. I mean, this is what I mean. This is the technology that we have in the Defense Department, okay? This is an extraterrestrial. And my point is that those are the people that are really, um, in my opinion, need to be held accountable. Big time, because I can oh, yeah. prove it. I, can, I was there. I'm a witness. I'm one of the last witnesses probably around. But I'll tell you point blank, they're not going to get away with it. And, and this is why I get angry. Don't blame it on ET, because I know what you guys are up to, and I know what you guys are capable of. And, and that's, you know, that's just a whole can of worms nobody wants to go. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Well, I, I think that um, one of the things that we're going to be seeing in the future is um, – holographic projections that are going to they're going to try mm-hmm. to convince us that something is real when it's just a holograph mm-hmm. oh yeah and well, they can do all kinds of sideshows you've seen the sphere in vegas although i think it's incredibly beautiful and i really like it but you've seen it right the what the sphere they built in vegas the big sphere where they can hold you know concerts and all kinds of cool stuff Check it out. Google um, Vegas and the sphere in Vegas. And it, it actually has all these LED lights and all these really cool um, designs where it, oh. it looks like the moon. It looks like the Death Star. And it's huge. It's absolutely, it's a, it's a big, big um, sphere. Very interesting. Yeah, in, in China, they, 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 uh, they, have, <clears throat> they have a picture. Somebody took a picture of this. It looks like it's a city floating in the clouds. And, you mm-hmm. know, I looked at it and I said, it's a hologram. What, you know, why are, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, it's a hologram. Can't you tell that's a hologram? Yeah. Um, well, it's just, it is becoming a bit like Disneyland. I mean, everything is kind of special effects and light shows. And, you know, it takes away from the credibility of the cosmos in a sense of there's so much more out there that blows this stuff away when it comes to the cosmic design work. And uh-huh. the obfuscation, the smokescreen, the sideshow, and it's pretty, it's entertaining, don't get me wrong, but it's really not what we're, we need to be doing. We, we need to be more focused on the true configuration of space-time and not this, this other stuff. Well, I think we're in for some pretty rocky couple of years here, for sure. Oh, I do. I think so, too. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's interesting to watch them, though. They're, they're really uh, trying to sanitize everything they've ever done. As far as I can tell, it seems that way. And it recreates something that literally is based on a lie. So we'll see how far they get. But I think the universe has a way of opening up the doors and saying no. It's time to show. Well, you know, as far as, as you know, the, the, those who are considered to be aliens, I mean, they have to have, I, I would think, sort of a, a non-intervention clause that they can't cross. Even even though Werner von Braun said he he had he had help from the from aliens and Hitler's you know said that they had alien help and you know there have been but I I don't I don't buy it because I think we're being watched I think that that they're waiting for us to come to our senses if that's ever going to happen and and um, I think a lot of the things we see are, are just drones. They aren't really spaceships. Mm-hmm. They're drones from from probably from probably the dark side of the moon. And um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I just, in, in a way, you know, are we some sort of an experiment? Well, a lot of people think that. I would consider it to be a very strange experiment. You know, it's interesting about that whole thing with him because, in my opinion, I think it's a PSYOP. I think it was psychological operations. Just like the contract with Eisenhower and all this other stuff with, oh, we contracted with E.T. I think they were, they were completely under war psychological operations. They were psychologically imprinted with information that wasn't even based on truth. And, and what they considered to be extraterrestrial at that time was more like electronic command programming interface and a very advanced technology that, that basically fooled them, in my opinion. Not that it doesn't exist uh, off planet, but I'm just saying that I think that they've been playing games for a very, very long time here. And it's, it's starting to hit them. And as far as intervention goes, uh, actually, because we are descendants of the visitors, if we are being repressed, oppressed, uh, we are being tortured or harmed by universal law, yes, they can intervene. Absolutely, they can. So that's another thing that people don't want to go there. They say, oh, that's impossible. You know, they, they start quoting Star Trek. And I'm like, no, you have to understand that our origins are cosmic, which means that when we're under attack here, that's an act of war. And it goes beyond the boundaries of a religion or an institution or a corporation or a government, which means that they just basically blew themselves to kingdom come by harassing beings like us here the star beings, because our ancestors are still the living intelligence off-planet, and yes, they can intervene. Absolutely, they can. So that's something people don't want to go, go to and look at, but I'm telling you, it's the truth. So, uh, yeah, they can, and we can, we can intervene, too. Look how much influence we have off-planet. People don't realize it, but you're multidimensional. You exist simultaneously beyond this illusion of space-time, even if you don't believe it, you do. And, and that, you, you know how it is. You can influence. You can navigate beyond this illusion. Here in this field uh-huh. of energy, you can go to different destinations off planet. We're not being held back. Uh, we have that, that rapport, and that's never going to change. But there are people here who have weaponized this, this platform here on this world. And in my opinion, the space platform has been weaponized to such a degree they're trying to keep everybody in a stasis of control to keep us from our origins off planet and to navigate. And, and that's inexcusable. And that will, not, that will uh, have to be dealt with some, somehow, some way. And most of it's coming from these, these black defense departments, you know, these covert areas. So, you know, that's got to stop. End of story. Well, I, how, I would how agree they play with their you. little game. Yeah, I mean, we can't go but, like this forever. And this is what I mean by we're being lied to and lied to and lied to. How can you know this as a teacher? How can you possibly teach a student when you're not giving them the correct data? That's terrible. And it's a whole, that's oh, holding yeah. the evolution of a mass collective, literally. You're lying to every single person here. You're, you're basically keeping them from their spiritual evolution, their, their intellectual evolution, it's inexcusable. And that's to me, is the most criminal thing you could possibly do on any timeline. Well, as a teacher, I, I absolutely, our education system is corrupt as hell. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, I, I, if I had a child, I would be home teaching that child. Because mm-hmm. um, there's nothing, I mean, they're they're not teaching the very basics, and they're teaching a very um, skewed uh, view of history. And now with all of this other stuff they're shoving in there, I mean the school system. The school system is a place where they're corrupting the kids. They aren't educating them. They aren't teaching them to think. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. it's 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 horrifying to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got yeah, it's sabotage. I got one grandkid in in college and another one going in another year, and I'm horrified. I mean, I mm-hmm. I, I mean, first of all, what the colleges charge, and second of all, what they don't teach. I mean, the first two mm-hmm. years of college when the first two years of college when I went, and I'll grant you, it was a long time ago. 
um, the first two years were they called them core classes. In other words, they taught you what you should have learned in high school, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. So, so, so actual college education was the two years after that that maybe you were going to get some um, good information. And I have to tell you, um, I mean, I, I I did four years of college and I have two master's degrees, and I did not learn a thing. Mm-hmm. And I believe it. I was. I, I was there to learn, you know. I, I was, mm-hmm. you know, teach, teach me, teach me. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Anything that I know today, I taught myself. Mm-hmm. And, Agreed. And, yep. And 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 that I think is testimony to the fact that what do we need college for? If you really want to learn, you're going to learn. You'll find a way. You'll yep. find. Yep. You'll apprentice yourself. You'll you know you will find a way to learn. It's mm-hmm. that easy. Totally agree. Mhm. Yeah. Just read, read, read. Have your own library, you know, and just study. Well, and, and yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. And when you stop to think about it, um, the best, the best, the best way for somebody to learn is to um, be apprenticed to somebody who is a better teach, a better practitioner of whatever it is. Now, when it comes mm-hmm. to medicine and stuff like that, I, I don't know about that. But, but, but for almost everything else, it's sort of like um, memorizing something and spitting it back at something does not mean you've learned it. It means you memorized it. It doesn't mean you've mm-hmm. you've you've integrated it into yourself so that you know it. It's just you know mm-hmm. I passed the test. I, I learned it for the test, and that's not learning. So, Mm-mm. um, no, apply your knowledge. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look at plumbers and electricians. They have apprentices. They learn, they learn mm-hmm. it from, you know, working with someone who's a master of whatever. And I think that that should be mm-hmm. the case for almost every occupation out there. And mm-hmm. hands on. It, you know, I've learned best hands on. I've always been that way. Oh yeah. And, and, and it's sort of like, you learn it when you're ready to learn it, not when somebody says you have to learn it in the third grade or the fourth grade or the, you know, and it's, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it, and, and what they're teaching now, I mean, with, with, you know, the gender disputes and everything like that. I mean, that's, oh, that's just ridiculous. Please. You know, it's a sideshow. That's a distraction. Once again, that's a distraction. It has no value. It really does it on a cosmic scale. It's the stupidest thing in the world. And I know people will get upset about that, but I don't care. Honestly, No. Uh, it's just another, once again, it's all these little sideshows, the scattering of energy, the confusion, keep people lost. You know, it's just, it's no good. And our benchmark is off planet. We are, we are completely connected off planet. You know, it's that same where you're connected to source, your co-creation to source. We don't get disconnected. And with that comes all kinds of, of knowledge and information. And people really want to find it. But they don't that, teach anything. That, oh, you're right. It's it's ridiculous. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, I think there should be. Um... There, there should be classes in metaphysics. I think that that people yeah. should learn about you know the chakras. They should learn about energy. They should learn about you know how they can how they can work with their own the, the, their own energy to to make things happen. I mean, <clears throat> when when I graduated from college, I knew nothing, and and it was it was it was amazing. I had a degree. That's all. 
and and mm. what I got the two masters because I got a bump in salary every time I got another thirty credits. So, so I did it, but mm-hmm. but I didn't learn anything. And mm-hmm. you know, you you sit back and you and you know, me today and me thirty years ago. Wow, what a difference! I mean. Mm-hmm. But it, but it was all because I was I was doing research myself. I was doing things myself. I was learning and then practicing so that I had an idea of of what it was that I was talking about. And and that's not the case mm-hmm. today. It's just not. Mm-hmm. And you know it 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 frightens me. I and college is so expensive. Holy moly. Oh, yeah, it's all about the money. What's a club? It's a certificate to tell you've been in a club, and that club will give you more money, <laughs> supposedly. Well, it's true. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know about my son, but I know my neighbor has a kid in school, and it's $80,000 a year. Oh, that's ridiculous. What's he studying? Nothing. It, 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 I, I hate to say it, but, but you know, nothing. Um, it, it, mm-hmm. He's... You know, he doesn't know what he wants to do or be when he grows up. So, he's he's taking liberal art. Oh, I, I that that chokes me to this day. That when my son went mm. to college, it was like I said to him, I don't care what you study. If you if you love it, study it, go for it. Mm-hmm. But but the minute you say to me liberal arts is the minute I yank you out of school. Liberal <laughs> <laughs> well, psychology, is, right? That's another oh, one that's a really easy one. You get through psychology, and then it's like, oh, come on. Oh, don't get me started oh, with that. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That, I, I think anybody who has a psych, it's a terrible thing to say. I'm not going to say it anyhow. I think people who have studied psychology <laughs> tend to analyze everyone inappropriately, and they have to mm-hmm. go through so much. They have to go through so much um uh, of the of the testing and the and the and the therapy type stuff, in order to get the degree, that it makes them crazy to start with. So all they're doing is passing mm-hmm. on crazy. I totally agree. And, yeah, so, I mean they have no business even beginning to consult anybody else with those backgrounds. Yeah, it's all no. ultra related when you look deeper. It really is psychological operations. But you know you can read anything into situations. But I'll tell you that's a very dangerous uh, area. If you ask me. Yeah, I know a couple of psychologists, so they are absolutely nuts. I mean, and yeah. I'm sure there are good ones that are not nuts. I'm not saying it's 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 global, but um, I am finding that that common sense works a lot better than a than a psych, psychiatric degree. And mm-hmm, and totally. I think what horrifies me is they're taking all of these kids who who are just wired a little differently and they're they're putting a label on them that they will they will have for the rest of their lives. Jeannie Jeannie's son mm-hmm. has um ADHD and he has a couple of other um diagnoses and she she for a, a quite a while has talked that her son is um mentally ill. And I said, Your son is not mm-hmm. mentally ill. Stop saying it. You'll make him mentally ill. But he's not mm-hmm. mentally ill. He's just he's just wired differently, and has to be approached differently, and has to learn differently. That's that's all it is. It's mm-hmm. it's a different if it's a different approach to learning and understanding mm-hmm. things. 
and I just, I, I just, I cringe when people say, "Well, they, they have, you know, this or they have that," and 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 it's all mental stuff. And it's like, come on, this this kid just learns differently, so teach him differently. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Well, you know, they like to use the terminology mentally disturbed and. What does that actually mean? You know, you're disturbing the mental body, basically. Somehow, some way, something is disturbing the mental body. But, you know, after where I've been, uh, I can honestly tell you that a lot of those technologies out there can create heterodyning to create schizophrenia patterns, bipolar disorders, uh, multiple personalities with synthetic alters. There's a technology that can mimic everything you can imagine on a psychological scale to make a person look insane when they're not. And that is a dangerous, once again, a war crime. So, once again, is it being addressed? Will it ever be addressed? Absolutely not. Uh, probably not. Not not in my lifetime. So, yeah, that's, well, I, that's, I, that's yeah. the real one. I go I go right to the core of the people that are involved in these things, and I go right to the beast, right to it. I mean, I I just I just look at one of the people here in in the complex has a a daughter who is um, well, she's been diagnosed for a lot of things, but. She's been tested for disability, and she passes all the tests, so she doesn't get disability. And I looked at her one day, and I said, you're putting everybody on. <laughs> and she just looked at me, and I said, don't have to say anything. you got a good act and a good shtick, and so long as somebody's going to support you, you can be as weird as you want. But you're faking this, and I don't buy any of it. What she said. And she smiled and she smiled at me and she said, Huh. And I said, I'm not saying anything to your grandparents or your parents. You know, take it wherever it, it you know, I said, Please understand that you're not that good. So sooner or later somebody is gonna catch you and you're gonna be out with a shout. So mm-hmm. I would start start the healing process and be miraculously healed in the next two to three years, or you're going to be in big trouble after that. Um, mm-hmm. Good advice. You know, I said, I said, look at, look at, look at what Adolf Hitler did with all of the people that were like you pretend to be. And she said, what, mm-hmm. what did he do? I said, he killed them. Mm-hmm. They weren't functional. They couldn't function in society. He just killed them. And she said, mm-hmm. no, that never happened. And I said. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I said, I, 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 I hope I never have to say I told you so to you, but that's the truth. And um, well, good for you on that. Yeah, it's you know, it, it's it's her journey. Um, mm-hmm. But still, you don't want to play and, that. You know, the boy that cried wolf too many times hits you in the butt. You know. Well, it's going to get her medicated. Mm-hmm, it's right. going to get they're they're going to shove medication in her. She's going to lose her focus, and sooner or later she may be as crazy as she pre- pretends to be. Right. If they give them psychiatric drugs when they don't need it, sure, it's going to mess with their brain chemistry. Absolutely. Yeah. But That's you crazy. know, it's it, and, and and a lot of these kids are so smart. They are so smart. Mm-hmm. Um. It just blows me away, and and you know if you give if you give them information, if you give them material that they they can they can work with and eat up and appreciate, you know they they they're just hungry for real honesty, 
and good information. Mm-hmm. And right. um, if they're not being given it, then they'll play their little their games. Um, but they, they, they are wired differently. There's no doubt about it. There, there, there are mm-hmm. different ways of learning for them that, than the norm. But, but still in all, the schools aren't trying to work on those, you know, in those areas and, and create programs appropriate for them. They're just, they're mm-hmm. just classifying them as sick and, you know, you know, you have that diagnosis, and, and she'll have it the rest of her life, and that's what really pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's terrible. They don't realize what kind of damage they're doing to their futures. They really don't, unfortunately. No, it's, uh, they're yeah. our future. That's what gets me. This is mm-hmm. our future. So mm-hmm. it, it, right. it, it, is, it is a very sad thing. And, and the reality is... Um, these 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 kids today, the capacity they have for learning is profound, but they are absolutely uh, hypnotized by by cell mm-hmm. phones and stuff like that, so that their brain isn't working. And 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 if you never find something that that you know tickles you or or makes you want to learn more, then then you just kind of go off into La La Land and play your games and um, do your AI stuff, and and uh, that's life. I mean, the school system here in Tennessee, um, mm-hmm. now, now they've already started school. They started first of August. Well, they, they started actually last week. Wow. Because, because mm-hmm. the kids only have to take four classes each. They have three different well, they have three different quarters, um, and each each quarter has only four classes in it. So they only have to take four classes at a time, so they don't have to spend so much time doing homework, and so that you know it it, it takes longer, but they have less time that they have to they have to study. Um, hmm. I did seven classes a day. Um, mm-hmm. And and it didn't kill me. I did homework. Sometimes I did a lot of homework. But mm-hmm. you know, it it's kind of like the kids today just you know, they, they they've had what, a year, two years off of school and now they can't get back into it. Now it's just mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't know what's happening. It's just I'm I'm really yeah, glad that, that was a I, you know. Yeah, and and, and, and shutting the schools down was not necessary. I agree. You know, the whole thing was crazy as can be. Like I said, it just really messed up a lot. Whether people realize it or not, it was a real disservice. That's when the satellites went up, too. A lot more stuff going on, too. Weaponization of the space platform. That was a whole shutdown. That was one of the biggest uh, side, side events. Seriously. Mm-hmm. How many satellites went yeah. up? Oh, gosh, I can't even count how many he's put up now. There's so many. It's not just Musk. I mean, there's so many satellites, but a lot of them are weaponized. These are these are very bad satellites. They're not the ones that are just, oh, we're just going to get you a better signal. We're talking seriously, um, serious warfare programs and, and uh, remote stuff that can be very detrimental to the brainwave activity of a target, even in mass collective, if, they, if they're accessing it the way I think they are, which I'm pretty sure they can. So not good. I said it before. I called it as soon as they started launching. I said, no, 
this is not going to work out. This is bad. So. Well, yeah, and, and I can tell because another, my tech, I mean, I, my wiring is sensitive to that. Well, go ahead. Well, I, yeah, and and you know the, what what I'm noticing is that that there is so much static around that it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And this 5G is supposed to give you clearer everything, and I I I, I don't see it's giving anything clearer. And I mean, I don't even with a phone. I never put a phone to my ear. Um, I'm mm-hmm. always on a headset. I would, I you know, I, I'm not. You know, are my brains going to get scrambled? Well, probably not. But you know, I just, um, I just know that that the toys that we've got are not beneficial to us. Mm-hmm. And, and no, they're benefiting them and their bank accounts right now. That's it. And the white no, noise, by it? the way, there's there's a lot. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, white noise. Go for the white noise because no, I was just going to say there's there's a lot of encrypted radio transmissions that are going on now. It's like because you are, which I you know you're probably able to decode a lot of information when you're streaming consciousness, and you might get some information based on uh, like maybe a radio transmission that's literally manufactured. I don't know if that's happened or not, but my point is that this this whole all the bandwidth is being saturated in noise, and a lot of that has to do with sound bites and and real time communication. And what's interesting is that we've been catching this. Um, a friend of mine who does radio and another lady, um, they've been catching, like, information. They, they've been kind of using certain software to decode. Like, if we're having a conversation, there's noise around us nonstop, but we can't hear it right now. But that's what I'm telling you. There's so much happening with the noise and the transmissions that people aren't even aware of that. And it has to affect people psychologically or energetically. It has to, oh, yeah, it has ab- to be having an yeah, effect. Absolutely. There's some- there is subliminal stuff going on all over the place. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but I, I know here in Tennessee, I, I know that they're they're doing an amazing amount of tunneling in the country. And I mm-hmm. don't know what for. I mean, you know, if you can go someplace in the country faster in a tunnel rather than flying an airplane, you know, go for it. But I don't get the feeling that this is going to be for the general public. I get the feeling this no. is you know, just for the, the military. And I don't know what's going, what's, what's actually going on, except I am absolutely positive that, that the tunneling that's going on is is – it's for military reasons. It's 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 down far enough so that it will be protected no matter what happens. But the Chinese especially don't want to do anything to our land because they need it to grow food for their country. So they're not going to hurt us. And you know, I don't know about Russia, but um, I don't know enough about the politics to be able to speak with great authority. Except. I know the tunneling is going on. I know it's going on throughout this country, throughout Canada, probably into Mexico. And, and you know, uh, there's something going on that, that we are all just, you know, carrying on our lives blindly, and sooner or later mm-hmm. something is going to just just absolutely smack us in the face, and we're going to sit back and say, oh, my God, how did we miss this? And And... How do we change it? Because this is not good. It's coming. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Right. I'm, see, I'm seeing more and more riots, and what's happening in France is it could one day happen here. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. You know, what you're describing, I, I was under the impression we had other facilities underground already intact, 
So they might be expanding from what you're describing. It could be a lot of other stuff. But, yeah, they have, they're, they're all going to be taken care of, or at least they think they are. When, when anything hits the fan on ground control, they'll go underground. But I'm telling you, they're going to get snuffed out under there, too. They're not going to get, they're not going to make it. <laughs> I don't care what they think. But you know what comes to mind is the Bos- Bosnian pyramids come to mind. And for, for various reasons, remember when they had that transmission that was there where they had, to, and, you know, you can take it for what it is, but they, they sealed the gates or they sealed the door. Um, they were oh, under yeah. attack. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah. I yeah, always haunted and, and me in a w- weird way because, yeah, go ahead. They would, they, would st- they would stay there until the Stargate opened again. Right. I mean, to me, I think that, you know what, I think it feels a lot like that energetically, like there needs to be a safe haven and, and we are, are kind of like vulnerable right now. If we're walking this world uh, and we're not underground in some area that's secured, I find that we're extremely vulnerable to the aerial warfare above our heads and some of the other stuff that's been going on here with this uh, agenda. So it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, it would be a great place. The Bosnian pyramids would be a haven for a lot of people if you're out over oh in that area. Yeah, I would love to, to see them. I, and Sam Agmanovich. Ogman, is is an incredible man. Have you have you ever interviewed him? He is. Yeah, I have, and he's I mean, so wonderful. I mean, you don't have to do anything but just let him roll, and he's he's absolutely stellar with his information. I did yeah. I, I did I did laundry Thank and you, Mark. Made cookies. <laughs> yes. I oh, mean, did you? No, Mark. Mark didn't get him. I got him. <laughs> but but. Oh, cool. I yeah, think Mark I, got I, me. I think for sure with him. Yeah. Oh, he he may have. Um, but no, when when I got him on the show and I, I I welcomed him and he said thank you Barbara and then he said and you're going to ask me this and the next thing I knew he was interviewing himself he asked the question and then he, and I would say and it, that was it two hours I did nothing <laughs> one of the best what interviews kind of I've ever make? done <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, I, I, I just I loved him. He was great, mm-hmm. and yeah. and uh, he's gonna he's gonna be at that pyramid conference in in Chicago. Chicago? Wow. Yeah. I wonder why Chicago. That's I'm not a fan of Chicago, so that probably wouldn't be a good place oh. for me. Some other location. Well, I I think that's that's because that's where the the gal who runs it lives. Um, oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, Marta Thomas. She runs the the Pyramid Conference, and she's got a lot of good guests this year. She really does. Oh, I bet. But, but uh, I the thought of being in a convention at a convention does not thrill me at all. Mm-mm. Um, no. But I would I would love to meet Dr. Sam. I really would. He's mm-hmm. you know, I know mm-hmm. he's going to be there for sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, well. Some some day maybe, but not this year. Um, I have no no desire to get on an airplane and go anywhere. Um, yeah, I don't either. I, don't. I really would like to take a vacation, but I'm just like no. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, it is. It, it, it it's it. just kind of like the. It's so crazy, and and you know I'm hoping that it's going to get less crazy, and and I know that's kind of foolish and that's silly of me, but you know I I really was hoping that things would um, settle down, but it doesn't seem that they're going to be. And because of all the heat and the heat waves that we've had, um, Mm -hmm. you know, people lose focus and lose everything in in this kind of heat. And um, I mean, we've been in, well, we've been over a hundred for over a week. So yeah, yeah, it's up there. It is. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, you know, that doesn't help that they're using all this weaponization either, and microwaves and everything else contributing factors to wet atmospheric conditions, even though they don't want to admit it. So, yeah, that's real interesting. But stay cool well, and stay thing, hydrated, my suggestion. One thing I have to say for, for Nashville is that, that they have the most beautiful thunder and lightning storms ever. I, I'm able to go outside and sit. My I have a patio that's all covered, and and I mm-hmm. can just sit in the storms and just watch them roll in, and it's just, it, it's it's blissful. It really is. It's just. Oh, that's nice. I I love thunder and lightning storms. So. Mhm. Me too. Didn't have Excellent. very good ones well, in Connecticut. But I yeah, just we have noticed good ones our time. Yeah, um, I know. We're just about out of time. <laughs> we talked ourselves out. I'll I'll send you that okay. that that name of that book and and that link. Okay. And um, it it looks like it's a really it's only a couple hundred pages, so it's not a long read at all. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, nice. it's it's pre- it's pretty interesting. I have started reading it, so um, you know we can compare notes if you get it. But that's right. Maybe we can discuss so- it on a show. Yeah, we could do that. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. May- maybe maybe for the next show. When's the next show? Mm-hmm. The next show is in August. Next the next month. show is the 27th of August. Mm-hmm. Plenty of time, yeah. that give you time? Yeah, it does. Just send me the, the information, yeah. I will. I will. Okay. We'll, we'll, do a book, we'll do a book report. <laughs> Sounds fabulous. Well, I must say, it's always so such a pleasure to be with you each month, Barbara. I, I just respect you so much, and it's been a real joy to have um, communication with you and be here tonight. Well, it's so nice to have someone who talks the same language too. So, I, I so appreciate I so appreciate you. And you know, there's never there's never a time when there's nothing to say, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, from animals to but, something else, but it was it was a great show. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, okay, I will I will talk to you soon. I'll send you the that hey, uh, you. the Amazon link to that book, and. Um, mm-hmm should post it someplace i will put it on my website at at some point in time and if somebody out there wants the name of the book that we're going to be talking about in three weeks um you know email me at barbaradelong.com and i will send you the link to the book too be fun to kind of get a whole group going um so Mm -hmm. thank you thank you for being here i want to shoot out your your uh website and the shows Sure. My website's nightshadowanomalydetectives.com. My show's Hyperspace on KCWR 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 Pacific on Friday nights. I have Raven Star Switching Hour on Saturday nights on Revolution.Radio Studio A, 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 Pacific. And thank you again, Barbara. It's been awesome. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And I will talk to you soon. Okay. Good night now. Night. And good night, everybody. Thanks for sharing your time with us. As always, and um, if you if you do want the name of the book, BarbaraDeLong.com is my Gmail, and um, I'll happily send you the link to it too. So good night, and thanks again for joining us. It's been always a pleasure to be with Solaris. Good night now. <laughs>